Good day, everybody. This is Zachary Kameen, the Curious Christian, and these are Curious Conversations. Well, today we're going to be talking about getting out of the military and what exactly that looks like. Uh, We're going to talk about the year before you get out, and as of right now, I'm one month out of the military, and what exactly uh, that looks like. So, hang tight, and we'll get started. When you're first getting out of the Army, or the Marines, or the military in general, one year out, you get a real bad case of what I like to call senioritis. Everybody knows what senioritis is. Last year of high school, last year of college, uh, you start uh, shutting down. Well, it's even worse in the military because you know that in about a year, you're going to be out anyways. So why bother? Um, It's especially difficult for um, me being in human resources when I was in the military or in the National Guard because I never had my accesses to be able to actually do my job. So it created an even more indifference, uh, frustration, as it were. Uh, uh, there, but with that year coming up, you have everybody and their uh, mom wants to talk to you about staying in, re-upping. They, you, you get to talk a lot with the command sergeant major. You uh, talk to your first sergeant a lot. You're writing this NCO, your commander. I don't think I talked to my battalion commander. That wouldn't have changed anything, but I don't think I did. That's okay. Um, and really, you just kind of have to do what you can to get through the get through the job or get through the year. Well, if you're really thinking about getting out, uh, you just I wouldn't say keep your head down. Um, but if you really don't want to stay in, then don't stay in. Um, I have my own, not personal reasons necessarily, but uh, I had my reasons of why I wanted to get out, uh, namely that I had told my wife and kids uh, six years ago that I would only do six years, and wouldn't you see it, it's six years later, and I got out, so I'm a man of my word. Uh, Not exactly the most uh, convincing argument to my uh, writing Ascensio, but he f- kind of got it after a year of me saying it to him. Um, it also helped with um, to have other arguments, but that was the main thrust. Is told my family only six years, and I got out after six years. Uh, if for your guys' sake, whoever is listening, if you at the beginning of your career wanted to make a career of it and stay in 20 years then I would like with the I would say with the retention NCOs and uh, recruiters uh, would say if at the beginning you promised yourself 20 years then why break your promise now Um, I had the luxury of knowing that I was only doing 6 years so I didn't feel like a feel crummy about it but if you had the goal of making 
military a career, then you should make it a career. You should go up in the ranks, or you should um, strive after um, excellence and success in your um, career. Um, Now, if there's something, some revelation, something that you weren't quite expecting at the beginning of your military career that now you're um, seeing, uh, I would uh, press on you a little bit of, uh, not reality, but press on you that um, the civilian world um, has its frustrations too. There's things that you don't expect to have to happen that happen in the civilian world. So um, being blindsided is just a part of life. Uh, There are just things that you can't expect that's part of life or you'd have a super boring story. Uh, If the reason you want to get out is you just don't think it's psychologically healthy, um, I don't suggest you say that to your uh, retention NCO. I don't suggest you say that to anybody um, because they may want to evaluate you psychologically and that may take a long time. If it's because you think that war is unjust at all times, uh, that's an option to go through the, what's called the uh, conscientious objector zone. But I would suggest that if you're going to go that way, that you should still have a few years left in your contract because if you are like a year out, like what I'm talking about in this pot, this episode, um, doing the conscientious objector uh, route uh, will uh, extend you out because it takes a while and you'll get you won't get an honorable discharge you'll get I think it's a general discharge um, and it'll make it to where you can't uh, do any more federal uh, employment opportunities in the future as far as I believe that that's the case um, and that's because if you genuinely think that there's no room for war in the world, um, then you know how could you do a any feder- other federal jobs that uh, usually have some relation to war? And so that's kind of the argument behind it. Um, you get, I think it's like a failure to adapt or something like that, and it's nothing dishonorable, that's why you don't get a dishonorable discharge, you don't get like knocked down civilian wise for it um, they're just like okay uh, you can't join uh, other. you can't get hired in in any other federal capacities and it makes sense that being said um, when it comes to uh, medical you hurt yourself um, and it was a military that got you hurt, put you in the situation that got you hurt. Um, go down the medical route. Uh, don't feel pride in like just walking it off or whatever. Um, your body is going to be with you till you die. And you want to make the most of it. And it's not the military's intention that you get hurt necessarily. Um, if there's people in the military that had that intent, then... Uh, this is why you need to keep documentations. You need to uh, keep up on all these things because if there are actual leaders that are 
okay with people getting hurt or whatever, that's a problem. In the military, the army, the marines, or even the marines, uh, they don't like leaders who want their people to get hurt because they want their people. It's hard enough to recruit, it's even harder to retain, and it's even harder to retain people that you've broken. Therefore, if you have been broken, uh, don't keep quiet about it or anything like that. Um, speak up. And you might get medically discharged uh, with uh, certain benefits. If, if you're in a uh, reserve status or what have you, um, it gets a little bit uh, complicated in that when you sign a contract with the National Guard and you just write out the contract like I did. Um, so I did a six-year contract, which is, you know, you do six years of um, what's considered active drill orders, and then you do two years of reserve. Uh, the, the, uh, the bane of that existence is that now that I'm out of the National Guard, um, if something goes uh, crazy... Goes haywire. Uh, any branch of the military can grab me. It can because now I'm in a uh, inactive reserve status, and I can be grabbed by the Army Reserves, the National Guard, uh, active Army. I'm not sure if I can, if if like the Air Force or whatever could snatch me up. Though that's probably every veteran's dream is just to hang out with the Chair Force. But, so keep in mind that there is always a possibility. On the politics of it all, uh, our president right now, uh, Donald J. Trump, uh, is very much not a war hawk, which has made it kind of boring for the military members. It's made it very difficult for to keep retention when there's nothing to do. Uh, but... The benefit to having a president who is not a war hawk is that uh, the likelihood of us going, you know, me getting called up out of inactive reserves in the next two years is low. Now we do have this election going on, and if uh, President Biden or Vice President Biden becomes President Biden, then uh, that would obviously change things. Um, seeing as he said that he's basically going to go back to the Obama era, Obama started other wars, had us invade other places and whatnot, and get ourselves into a lot of other conflicts and fights, and um, increased uh, lack of peace in the Middle East, um, much like uh, George W. Bush did and uh, Bill Clinton allowed and the previous uh, Bush, Bush Sr. And our, our president right now has done good to uh, heal those wounds, as it were. Or at the very least, let them heal themselves by uh, leaving... Of the Middle East alone, basically, and except 
with promising to help with uh, Iranian uh, aggressions. So when getting out of the military, the closer you get to your ETS, the more aggressive the leadership gets on trying to retain you. By your last month, literally every NCO is asking you over and over, over and over, over and over again. Multiple times a day, each NCO will be asking you. And it's going to give you a headache. You have to keep your bearing, keep your military bearing, uh, keep your respect. You know, just tell them, no sir, no sergeant, no first sergeant, no sergeant major. If they ask you why, give your reasons. If they think they're stupid, doesn't matter. You know, if they think they're stupid, then they can stay in, uh, stay in for you. Uh, but those are your reasons and yours alone. And you're not doing a conscientious objector thing. You don't have to have good reasons. You know, all all you're doing is not saying yes again. You're not having to say no. All you're doing is just not saying yes. That's all it is. Now, when you your last day, uh, they're still going to be trying. To be honest with you. My very last day, they were still trying to uh, get me to re-enlist. But once it's finally done, they say goodbye, you know, shake hands, make sure you visit. Um, you know, take it easy. Hope you are safe. That they're much more encouraging at the very end, and you say take care, and then you move on. Now this being, so once it's all done and you're walking out the barracks doors or you're walking out of the orderly room or wherever you're walking out of and heading back to your car, um, you realize that you are walking away from multiple years of your life and a good chunk of your identity or the very least uh, descriptive um, portion of your life. And... I wouldn't take it lightly. You know, you should um, take probably if you're in the National Guard. I would suggest, or in some kind of inactive, and you have a full-time job outside of this, I would suggest you uh, take a couple days in advance. I would request a couple days off um, before um, this last day of military, and just. Um, I don't know, just digest everything. Think back on the whole military career. The good, the bad, the ugly, the indifferent. And um, just come to terms with the fact that you're not going back. Is there a possibility that you come back? Sure, but that's not what you're doing right now. Right now you're just coming to terms that you're not coming back. And... And, and then kind of just move on. I'm not saying that you have to delete people off Facebook and uh, or on whatever social media, delete people off your phone. Um, that being said, I know I when I got out of the um, military a few days later, I had removed a plethora of people off my phone 
not because of just some um, creepy split, you know, removal thing, but it was more, uh, I hadn't talked to them, you know, they were sergeants and officers, officers and stuff that I had accumulated numbers from, from um, different missions that we had, and I knew I was never going to talk to them again, so deleted them. I still have uh, some of the lower enlisted peoples that I, I expect at some point to talk to, and I have two of my sergeants on my phone still, um, my writing in SNCO, my supply sergeant, um, but other than that, I don't... Oh, sorry. Yeah, other than that, I don't have anybody else. I should also point out that uh, a few weeks after I got out, I had gotten another phone, I got a phone call from a recruiter asking if I wanted to um, come back. Um, I promptly blocked the number, but just so you know, as soon as you, uh, just because you get out doesn't mean that the prime ends. It sometimes continues unless you take proactive steps. Um, one of the cool things is once you're out of the military, you don't have to call sergeants sergeants anymore. You can call them sir if you want and whatnot, but you don't have to call them sergeant because now you're a civilian, a citizen. You don't have to consider yourself a civilian. Um, you can be all roaming about and say that you're a citizen because you did do military duty. You've earned the right to call yourself a citizen. Um, therefore, uh, keep in mind your uh, you're now a uh, regular person, as it were, uh, with memories that nobody else has. Uh, that being said, other people don't have memories that, or other people have memories that you don't have. Because while you were in the military for four years, other people were living their lives for four years. Um, so, you have burdens, other people have burdens. And you need to be prepared to not say that, you know, oh, I've had things harder than you. Oh, what a, uh, what a terrible time I had. What a, what a worrisome and loathsome existence that I had. If you start off any conversation like that, you should be shot. Conversations like that, words like that should be banned from society. You know, yes, you might have had a rough go in your military career, but you're not in the military now, and you're not having a rough go at it now, so why extend out your suffering when it's already done, and why should you drag your neighbors in the suffering with you afterwards and as you know we have a tendency of embellishing some of the facts and making things worse off than they were especially when you can't compare them to others or refuse to compare your sufferings with others so be aware when you're getting out of the military not to be too uh, overestimated on your problems people have had problems too in the past and so you should not uh, assume yourself to be uh, the worst sufferer of them all. Well, now that it's a 
a month out, I've got a, I've been able to grow out my beard for a month, um, grow out my hair a bit, actually, basically I'm back to my facials and hairstyle that I had before the military, which my wife has thoroughly enjoyed, and we get to uh, live the rest of our lives with me being out of the military. All of our years married have been me in the military, uh, or at least all of our anniversaries. This year was the first anniversary where I wasn't in the military, and so there's great joy in that, uh, especially for my wife. And so you got to think about stuff like that. Um, do you want to spend your whole relationship with other folks where all they can remember is you being in the military? Or do you uh, want to have a shift? And trust me, getting out of the military is a big shift. It's a scary shift. And if you're, and I would suggest before getting out, letting your boss know if you have a civilian employee or employer, let them know, hey, I'm about to lose a lot of money a month. And this is one of the things that makes people nervous. I let my boss know, like, look, I'm going to lose a lot of money a month, so I'm going to need your help. And he said, all right, we will. So don't be afraid to ask for help in that, especially if you give people advanced time and advanced notice, you'll see it's a lot easier to get responsive people to actually uh, help you um, acclimate and adapt to this new lifestyle. I've been grateful that, that this has been the case, and I know that my family's been grateful, and if you are considering it, this hopefully has been helpful, or it's not, but I do hope it was helpful. I know that this was helpful for me. And if you have any more questions about this, well, uh, by all means, ask. Uh, you can message me or email me on uh, my email, of, which is ZacharyKameen at Yahoo.com. That's Z-A-C-H-A-R-Y-K-A-M-I-N at Yahoo.com. You know, any comments, questions, or concerns, or any uh, needing of any more information on any of the things that I suggest, um, mentioned, uh, you can email me and I'll send you links and references and referrals and uh, things like that and resources. Uh, if you have any questions about any other my other podcasts, by all means, uh, send me uh, send that information my way. And um, as always, guys, uh, drink coffee. And come to Jesus.